just want to make mention of something. We've got a lot of kids, and I'm asking you as a church to pray because I would love to have a, a really vibrant children's ministry. I'm just, we need workers, okay? So one of my biggest prayer requests is, can we get some workers to, to love on these kids well and to even have a chance to where they can, instead of listening to me and all my craziness, they can have a chance to some fun things downstairs or even upstairs or whatever it might be, but just keep praying that God would bring workers in here to help out with children's ministry. And, and even though I just really enjoyed all of this, I had a good conversation with some people that want to help with music ministry as well. And so, again, we've got drum sets, we got things we can do, all kinds of stuff. It's just we need prayer for those things. So, with that being said, let's pray for the message today. Heavenly Father, sin in our lives. Many of us think about how we have to live perfectly, and we're never going to be perfect here. We make mistakes. I make mistakes. I sin. I need your grace. We know that the law and prophet came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Lord, we give this time to you. Please be strong in our hearts. I pray that you take it from me. It is not from me.
his hands as he passed out the microphones. You may say this. None of us walk perfectly blamelessly. We're all sinners saved by grace if we accept Jesus Christ. But the word here is to walk completely. His salvation, Jesus Christ, makes us complete or blameless in God's eyes. That's what this is really talking about. We're covered with the blood of Christ now, and God sees us, not as we should be, condemned, but justified and righteous because of Christ's work on the cross. Not my work. I didn't do it. It's His work. He did it. The wonderful thing about this is those who become believers and followers of Jesus Christ get a promise. Philippians 1.6 says this, I am sure this, Paul says, that he, God, who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Also, our completeness or blamelessness is something that God gives to us as well. In fact, Colossians says this, this is from the NASB, your pew Bibles, it says this, verse 28, we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom. Why? So that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose I also I labor, striving according to His power, which mightily works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf. And for those who are in Laodicea, all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining, same word there, yes, attaining the same word, a completeness to attaining all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself. Whom we are hidden all treasures are the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive arguments, for even though I am absent in the body, nevertheless, I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good disciples and discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you receive Christ as your Lord, so walk in Him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him, established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. that same scene and Jerry Maguire when he walks in and all the divorced women are there and his wife had dropped something and he walks in, he's looking for his wife and he says to her, uh, I just need to see my wife and she stands up and he says, okay, this is what I do. This is who I am. I, they send me into the rooms and, and they, she starts talking. He says, I'm sorry. I, we just had a great day. And she says, shut up. And he stops and everyone's looking and she starts to cry. 
shows us. Here's man that he is mindful of us. You all. God loves you. God cares about you. He's mindful of you. He knows that you're not perfect. He knows that you don't have the perfect life, that life is hard, that it's hard. He says, I love you, and I chose you. Understand that we're living in a world right now where we're loving people. 
understand what that really truly means. It is not unloving to tell someone that they are doing something that's going to cause them problems or pain or suffering. It's not unloving. In fact, it's the complete opposite of loving. says this, that if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Paul says this in Ephesians, something similar, chapter 4, therefore, put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry, but do not sin. Oh, Christians can't be angry.
give no opportunity to the devil. Let therefore the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only it is such for that's good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Here's things that we can do to speak the truth. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from us. And all malice. We need to be kind to one another. Tenderhearted towards one another. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We must do all these three practical right things in order to keep moving forward towards perfection, which is the goal of heaven. Because look at these next three things that he tells us to avoid. He says this, verse 3, does not slander with his tongue, does not evil to his neighbor, nor takes up reproach against his friend. Here's the next three practical right things that we can do. One, you don't slander or gossip. Self-explanatory. Don't do evil to others. Don't lie to your friends. These aren't difficult things to do. We need people like this in the church. We need those who are not talking about each other behind their backs. now needs to learn that lesson. I'm going to say it now from the pulpit. This now needs to learn that lesson. I've been here now five years and there are people who talk about me behind my back. I've never said a word to these people and yet somehow they know me. We have to stop this from happening. my car? What would you describe my car as? Loud. Bumper muffler. Awesome. It's a fast car too. We say fast because we're awesome. Don't be the Ford people. <clears throat> What's my motorcycle? How do I preach?
by the Holy Spirit, what are you really doing there? That to me is more of a country club for saints than it is a hospital for sinners. Now I'm not saying all churches do this, but many churches have the idea of you need to entertain me. And I'm saying I want you to know the scriptures. I want you to be able to defend the faith and understand that we're fighting against the flesh of the world. We're fighting against our own flesh. And so how do we love each other well? Well, we wash each other with the word. In fact, the problem I have is many believers who are like-minded believers stop going to church. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together as it is a habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more when we will see the day drawing near. The day of Christ is coming. There are people who are, yeah, you know what, I'm just not going to go to church today. Because it's going to be, they don't really have it here. Well, be careful with this. The reason we need to stir one another up in love and good works is because neighbors are coming. salvation on, please, as a warrior in Christ, let me go back and get my things. You see me doing something. Help me out. Because I may have forgotten my, my sword. I may have forgotten some. But, but people in the army and our military, they don't let their buddies go out without the right proper equipment. And so we need to be there for each other. We need to hold each other accountable. We need to help each other. Hey, man, you're riding a motorcycle. Otherwise, it's a donor cycle. If, if you're doing something and I see it's and, it's and I'm doing something, you see, like me telling everyone in the room drives behind me as they're riding my butt and I'm telling them they're number one, let me know that I'm doing something wrong. But we need to love each other in that truth and in that way because we're fighting a battle. Second Corinthians 10 says this, We walk in the flesh, not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of a warfare are not but have divine power to destroy strongholds. If you're struggling in drinking, if you're struggling in drugs, if you're struggling in pornography, if you're struggling in any area of your life, we've got a God who destroys those strongholds. We destroy arguments. Christians aren't supposed to argue. destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience. And when your obedience is complete, look at what is before your eyes. If anyone is confident that he is in Christ, let him remind himself that just as he is in Christ, so also are we. We need to be there for each other. Lastly, in this verse, he said this, he said, number eight, be someone who avoids doing wrong. 
1 Peter 2, 10 through 11 says this, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Right. 
someone who encourages you and lifts you up and cares for you well and takes care of your needs. God, I pray that this church would do that for each other. It can't just rest on one person, but it can rest on all of us because we're a community. We are the hospital for the sick. We're not a country club for the saints. So I want to encourage you to invite your friends, to invite your families, to invite your co-workers to come to a place that's going to say to them, I love you, I want to help you, how can I encourage you? What are your times, what are your talents, and what are your treasures? What can we do to help you in all of those areas? Because God wants to help you in all those areas. That's my true passion for all of us who are here. For those who are not here, I, I know that there are several people who are not here right now. But I'm praying, honestly, that God would take care of each and every one of you by the fact that we all love each other well. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we want to dwell with you. We want to dwell on your holy hill. David asked the great question, who shall dwell on your holy hill? God, you asked us to do some things. It's not easy. It's not easy to be a believer in Christ. Life is hard. Life gets hard. But as the great theologian Sylvester Stallone said, it's not how hard you get hit, but it's how hard you get hit, get back up, and keep moving forward. That's what winning is. That's what life is. And so, Lord, I pray as we all get hit hard, how do we get back up? How do we help each other up? Peter asked the same question. How often do we forgive? Seven times? Seventy-seven times. Lord, we always forgive. We always keep moving forward. We always try to help each other. Thank you for this church. I pray, Lord, that you're honored and glorified. I pray, Lord, that we have everything you want us to have as a church. I pray, Lord, that each person's desires for this church are fulfilled in what you have given us. But we need workers, Lord. We need people who are willing to sing. We need people who are willing to take care of the children, willing to take care of the adults. Lord, we need people who are willing to take care of the sick and the needy. We need people who are willing to do good work. So I pray, Lord, to the Lord of the harvest that you would give us laborers. Thank you for this church.